Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. In the studio with me this morning is Jonathan Van Hoogen, Vinny Henke, and Ryan Hempfell. Gentlemen, I don't know about our listeners, but it's always good for me to start my morning with you guys. So, good morning and welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Thank Thanks, you. Russ. Good morning. We have been on a journey through the State of Theology survey that Ligonier publishes every two years. Once again, we just want to reiterate that we're doing this hopefully to help ground all of us in the truths of God's Word. We're not trying to pick on people. We're not trying to make people look bad. Um, but we do strongly believe that the Word of God tells us certain truths and that it is best for us as God's people to know those truths and to live within the the confines of of what the Bible is telling us. And what this survey reveals is that, well, several things. You can choose what you think it's saying. It either is telling us that people don't know the Bible, and therefore their, their beliefs are not informed by it, or, and this would be a, an option that, makes me even more uncomfortable, that they actually know what the Bible says and they don't believe that what the Bible says matters for how they end up in a certain position. When we're talking about how God reveals himself, we recognize that there is a natural theology and then there is a a special revelation. There's natural revelation and there's a certain... Um, you know, there's a certain aspect to the law of God being written on everybody's heart. So there's a certain we innately know certain things. You know, we there's something written there, but we also know because the fall uh, sins entered into the world. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, as it says in Jeremiah seventeen nine. So in in that deceitfulness, we twist things to our own liking. Now, if we haven't picked up a Bible and looked at special revelation, which is the revealed Word of God, I mean, it is actually in words. It is in communication form. It's not something that I'm going to learn by my feelings. Then, um, you know, if we don't pick that up, then we then we are left to only feelings. This is something that he we're told in God's word that he's given to us everything we need for life and godliness. So there's a, you know, in that, in that, in the knowledge of special revelation, that's where we receive everything we need for that life, for that godliness, the things that please God. The question that we're dealing with today, now, this is my 30-second rant. I am disappointed with... Take all the time you need. <laughs> I'm disappointed in Ligonier's ability to write survey questions in the positive. So 
Well, they they also do this with Lifeway. I mean, this is a team effort. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's like it's just like the radio here. You know, yeah. sometimes we don't say things exactly the way. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> normally, when you are to phrase a question to somebody, you you don't do the negation. You do it in the positive because it's easier for the 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 questionee to to know what the question is asking. Um, but I've been surprised by the amount of negated questions in the survey. And this is another one. God is unconcerned with my day-to-day decisions. You can actually phrase that in the positive and say, God is concerned with my day-to-day decisions. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been fascinated that the survey often takes the negation almost as the default. And in survey taking, it's actually the positive that you ought to do, not the negation. So, I would love to sit down with the if person. If anybody is uh, listening from Ligonier, you know. You can <laughs> Here's a little tip Here's a little for tip. you. Rewrite no. your questions. So, to try to make it understandable, 24% of evangelicals said that God is unconcerned with their day-to-day decisions. What that means is 76% believe that God does care. So, that's pretty strong. But the problem is the number of or the percentage of evangelicals who believe that God doesn't concern himself with our day-to-day decisions is growing. And so what do you guys make of this, this stat that evangelicals are, are more and more convinced that God doesn't care about their day-to-day decisions? Well, it does seem surprising, you know, given what the Word of God tells us. I, I think that one of the things it, might, it always tells us Something about who's teaching people, what they're learning. Uh, there, there is a, you know, when I taught uh, Christian high school, I was aware uh, that you know, even though the Christian high school that I was teaching in had numerous uh, students from many different backgrounds, their awareness of what God's word said was in some ways limited and. They had youth groups, they had everything, but they were most of those youth groups were tended tended toward just being a social gathering rather than a, a learning environment. And also, so I I'm not surprised that you know things are going that way, but I but to state it in the positive, God is concerned with our day to day life. Colossians, you know, uh, Paul's. Talking in Colossians chapter 1, he's talking about how he prays for the Colossians that they would be filled with the knowledge of his of God's will, with spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and bear fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So, we, sh- you know, there, there ought to be a desire on our part to increase in the knowledge of God, but there also ought to be a desire on our part our part to build with the knowledge of that will. I wonder if sometimes too, if, if some people that are answering this question are thinking more of not so much moral decisions, but you know, whether or not I wore this checkered shirt today or another shirt that was hanging in my closet, you know, these kind of, or whether I had eggs for breakfast or, I whether I should go to th- whether I should or, go to this school or that school, whether right. I should date this girl so or that girl. Day to day decisions, but I think even you know, 
I would say yes. I mean, God is concerned with these things because all of his word is to inform all the decisions that we make. So even a decision that may seem as innocuous as a shirt that I wear, if I, if, if I wear, pick something in my drawer or something that has a message on it and, you know, I'm interacting with someone at the store and they see my shirt and they start asking me questions about it, you know, that could lead to a gospel opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, something even as innocuous as those decisions, I mean, God is in control. And I think I'm forgetting now who said this, somebody wiser than I am, but I think it was R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul sounds like a good guess. Um, <laughs> if uh, one molecule in all of the universe is outside of God's control, then he's not sovereign. So everything think, is under his I control. I think R.C. Sproul would say there is not a single rogue molecule there you go. In, the, that's, in the universe. That's the quote. Yeah, no maverick molecules. Um, I thought that you were talking about there, you know, about there is a fact that almost everything, well, I would say every decision we make is a moral decision. Yeah, one way, or, yeah. one way or the other, it's a moral decision. Now, you might have competing moral decisions in terms of the, uh, when I say competing, they're both attractive morally. Are they both, are they both rise to the standard of something that would please God. And so you make decisions based on, you know, obviously you've already come to the conclusion that these are, um, you know, equally pleasing to God. Now, what pleases me? What what would I like to do? There's mm-hmm. no problem in doing and following the desires of your heart. In fact, you know, if we seek God, <laughs> you know, first, he gives us the desires of our heart. So, and that's an important distinction you made at first. Like the, the first thing is, is this pleasing to God? Mm-hmm. And we asked ourselves that question because he is concerned mm-hmm. about how we conduct ourselves in our day-to-day lives. So he doesn't care if you wear that check shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we're supposed to kind of match today. So just to swing back, um, just to make sure I heard it correct, I, I actually think there are moral decisions and non-moral decisions. So I would put the shirt that I wear in a non-moral decision. So The fact that you I, wore a shirt is a moral decision. <laughs> but especially for us sitting here. Because God, right. God wants modesty. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying that between two shirts – Right. Unless there's a message on one, that, you know, I, that's really a non-moral decision. There are non-moral decisions yeah. in life. Well, well, what you choose may please your, your spouse or not please her. She wants you to throw that on away. Sure. Now, what sure. am I going to do? Am I going to do this because it's my favorite shirt or because I want to please my spouse? So it, it it still can get into a realm of morality, you might say. Kind of a say. gray area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think what... The bigger issue is, is no matter what the decision, to say that God is unconcerned about it. Right. At, on one level, yes, I don't actually think he cares whether I wear a red or blue shirt in that sense. But he's still concerned about the affairs of the world that he created. Um, which is the doctrine of providence, that his care extends to all things. Mm-hmm. So it depends, I guess, how you use the word cares or concerned, but I would maintain that in his providence, his his care of creation, he is concerned about all things that happen. But on one level, I guess you could look at it and say, it's a matter of indifference to him in the fact that the decision doesn't really make it any difference. 
Let me add add on to what I read from Colossians chapter 1 and go back to Philippians chapter 1. Again, Paul is praying for a group of people. He's praying for the Philippians there. He says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more, more and more. There's an incrementalness to it. With all knowledge and discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. So there is a, there are, there, there, in one sense, you could say there are levels to that approval. There's, there's, there's the, you know, like when I was growing up, Sears would sell clothing. It was good, better, and best. You know, I wanted the best. Mom would get, you know, mom would get a different one. She would get a cheaper knockoff of the best. But the point is, is, you know, there are things that will meet with God's approval. But is it, uh, are we choosing the excellent way? And I think that this is something that uh, very often we don't concern ourselves with. You know, we want to know. I mean, I went to high school, college with uh, Christians, and, you know, they wanted to know how bad they could be and still get into heaven. And that's not the approach we take to, you know, living um, before God, before his face. I think the Bible is pretty clear about the fact that the decisions that we make day to by day are to reflect the Word of God and to, they're a reflection of our own sanctification. That what God cares most about is our character. He cares about our holiness. He cares about how much we reflect um, His Son. And so in that way, I would say that God deeply is concerned about the decisions that we make because as we bear the name of Jesus Christ, we are a reflection of Jesus Christ in our day-to-day affairs. Jesus' call to discipleship is a call to daily followership, right? If anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross daily Mm -hmm. and follow me. So ultimately, each day reflects a decision to follow Christ. You have been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you tomorrow.